What's up, my fellow weirdos? This is Jonesy, Weird AF News, your host, your friend and buddy and pal. And listen, I apologize. I haven't put out any Weird AF News in a couple days. And that's because there's a good reason for this. I've been sick. You might even be able to hear it in my in my throat still. I'm still... Uh, struggling to speak. Uh, I know I had a couple phone calls and emails wondering um, why I haven't put out a story, but that's the reason. I haven't been feeling um, 100% and I haven't been able to even really do my own work. I could barely do shows at night and I've had shows every single night all week and I've just had to like really muscle through those things. One of them was a 40-minute show on um, Thursday night way out in the desert and I didn't think I was going to live. Uh, but so listen, I appreciate the calls and, and emails. It shows that you care and uh, it makes me feel good. If you do want to call in and you don't have the number, here it is 646 450 2012. My email is funnyjones at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you guys and I hope you're having a great weekend. Absolutely amazing. I live in England. And I just want to say I love you. Share, I'm always listening to it. And thanks very much, from Chloe. Thank you. This first story was sent to me by Sean with an A-U, S-H-A-U-N, which is like the coolest way to spell Sean. So, Sean, I want to give you a shout out here. Thanks for sending me this article. It's freaking weird. A new study shows that smelling your farts may be good for your health. Now, you guys know I always cover these weird... Um, you know, science studies and reports. And, you know, half of them, I'm like, what the hell are they studying this shit for? I mean, what a waste of money. We have more plastic than fish in the ocean, and yet you're, <laughs> you're studying this crap? I mean, the planet is in peril, and you're studying farts? I mean, get with it, scientists. How do you even take your job seriously? I mean, what does your wife say to you when you get home from work and you're like, yeah, I had a rough day at the lab, you know, um, been studying those farts, honey. I mean... <laughs> Like, really, is this what you're doing with your life, smelling, studying farts? Well, anyways, this might be some helpful information for a lot, all I know. I'm, I'm making fun of it before I even really get into it. But let's see what they're saying, though. Let's see if it's real science or if it's just bullshit. The next time someone at your office lets out a silent but deadly emission, maybe you should thank them. A new study at the University of Exeter in England suggests that exposure to hydrogen sulfide, hydrogen sulfide, a.k.a. a fart, basically, you know, what your body produces as bacteria breaks down food. The gas, as some say, this could prevent mitochondria damage. What the hell is mitochondria? I don't know, but they probably shouldn't be damaged, apparently. The implication is what you're thinking. People are taking the research to mean that smelling farts could prevent disease and even cancer. Um, I guess the uh, disintegration of mit mitochondria is something we want to avoid in, other, in order to uh, control cancer, maybe? So I guess smelling farts prevents cancer? Is that what they're saying? I mean, I, this is all crazy shit to me. The study was published in the Medicinal Chemistry Communications Journal, and they found that hydrogen sulfide gas in rotten eggs and flatulence could be a key factor in treating certain diseases. Although hydrogen gas is well known as a pungent, foul-smelling gas in rotten eggs and farts, it is naturally produced in the body and could in fact be a healthcare hero with significant implications for future therapies for a variety of diseases, says Dr. Mark Wood, a professor at the University of Exeter. He said that in a statement, by the way. He made a statement about that shit. So I went to the original article that they don't mention farts in the title because it's, it's, in a, it's, a, it's the University of Exeter. And so they, instead of like, Farts can can heal you. They they have to get very. They're very, you know, 
they have to sound like they're a uh, upstanding university. They write, rotten egg gas holds the key to healthcare therapies. Yes, they found that the compound protects mitochondria. Now, mitochondria, it says in the, um, in the major article here, it, it's the powerhouse of cells, and it drive mitochondria drive energy production in blood vessel cells. Preventing or reversing mitochondrial damage is a key strategy for treatments of a variety of conditions, such as stroke, heart failure, diabetes, and arthritis, dementia, and even aging. Mitochondria determine whether cells live or die, and they regulate inflammation. In the clinic, dysfunctional mitochondria are strongly linked to disease severity. So that's in case you're wondering what mitochondria is or was. I was. I had no idea because I'm not very smart. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to be smelling farts to uh, to save my life. I mean, I'd rather just die than smell farts. I mean, it's a worse existence to be alive and smelling farts all day just to stay alive. I'd rather be dead and not smelling farts. I mean, there's probably no smelling farts in heaven. No one farts in heaven, right? I'm going to heaven, I think. And there's not going to be no farts up there. <laughs> If they do have farts in heaven, they're going to smell like jasmine or um, now and laters or skittles or uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things. Jeez, uh, Cherry Garcia Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Yes, that's what my farts are going to smell like when I'm in heaven. Cherry Garcia ice cream. I'll be farting all the time and just thinking about Cherry Garcia ice cream. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so I mean, I put it up to you guys. Would you guys, either or, you have to choose this. Would you rather be dead or would you rather be alive and have to smell farts? out of a gas mask all day long. Call into Weird AF News and tell me. <laughs> tell me what your choice is and tell me why. <laughs> Baboons have used a 55-gallon barrel to escape from a San Antonio research facility. And I say, good for them. Run, baboons. Run away. Free yourself. Don't be a guinea pig to humanity. I mean, can you imagine what they're doing to these baboons? Putting things in their butt, making them eat weird shit. Probably playing awful YouTube videos and trap music to them all day, seeing what it does to their brains. Texas Biomedical Research Institute officials had to make changes to their enclosure after four baboons briefly escaped the facility. The animal care team determined that the baboons had rolled a 55-gallon drum upright near a wall of their open-air enclosure, and then they climbed the barrel, which allowed them to escape. Isn't that genius? I mean, there's all the research you need right there. They're smart. You know, they figured out a way to get out. Check off smart baboons and let's not trap them and use them for, you know, scientific research and harm them. All right. They're smart, obviously. Now, this enclosure was built about 40 years ago, according to the news release from the facility. These three baboons were recovered, unfortunately, within 30 minutes. I say unfortunately because I was hoping that they escaped forever and ever because I don't want to see them tinkered with in a research facility in Texas. The poor things. Officials initially thought a fourth remained on the loose, but after completing a head count of all the animals determined, it had returned to the enclosure almost immediately. So one baboon got over and was like, you know what, uh, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back in. I'm going to go back in because um, I'm looking around and I don't see the kind of food that we eat anywhere in Texas. I don't see trees. In, in, I'm, I'm looking at some desert landscape here, guys. I'm seeing some oil, what I think are oil pumps, and uh, I cannot climb those. So I'm going to go back in the facility and be a good baboon. <laughs> this is truly a unique incident, said Lisa Cruz, the assistant vice president for communications. No shit, Lisa. No, this doesn't happen every week. You sure? Baboons don't just stack up barrels and escape research facilities? You're crazy, Lisa. She said, we have been caring for research baboons 
For more than 50 years, we have nearly 1,100 baboons on the property that date back eight generations. The Research Institute houses more than 2,500 animals. Scientists conduct research on the animals to help develop new vaccines and medicines. Oh, God, can you imagine the, the, the poor life that these animals must have, these 2,500 animals? I wish they would all escape. I wish they would just... We, we should all just help them escape. Let's just fly over there with helicopters and lift them to their... Well, then we can't leave them in Texas, but maybe we could bring them back to their homeland. I get so sad when I think about animals that are used as guinea pigs. I'd rather see humans used as guinea pigs than... Than baboons. Half of these animals that are used in laboratories are probably nearly extinct anyways. We got enough humans. Let's just start tinkering with humans. You know, put them in the lab. You know, put them in the lab and and fuck around with humans. You know, try vaccines on humans. We're going to use them on humans eventually anyways. And we got enough humans to go around. Hell with it. (laughs) Oh, that's so wrong. And I'm not going to heaven. I'm probably going to hell for saying that. This is Jonesy with Weird AF News. A Massachusetts preschool bans kids from using the term best friend. Students attending one preschool in Massachusetts are no longer allowed to call each other best friends or BFF or whatever they're calling themselves these days. Little Julia attends Pentucket Workshop Preschool in Georgetown, which, by the way, um, I am from that region and I am familiar with that school. Like many four-year-olds... Julia loves her dolls, arts and crafts, and she has a best friend, as kids tend to do. She said, you know so-and-so, you're my best buddy. And the teacher told her that she couldn't say that there in the school, Julia's mother said. Best friend is not a term Julia can use any longer at Pentucket Workshop Preschool. Here's a quote from her mother. I think it's ridiculous. Children who are four years old speak from their hearts, so they should be able to call kids anything loving. You're my best friend. You're my best pal. Whatever, she said. And I agree with her. The school explains to Hartwell that the term best friend can lead other children to feel excluded. Oh. And it can ultimately lead to the formation of cliques and outsiders. Oh. And the school encourages students to have a wider group of friends. I mean, who's to say? <laughs> this is just ridiculous. Oh, where do we begin, guys? Where do we begin? Uh, more quotes. Although I think that words are really important and the term, the term best friend does have an implied meaning to it, I don't know if the right answer is necessarily denying children the ability to use that term, said Dr. Gregory Young, a pediatric psychologist. I agree. Now, Hartwell says Julia still says best friend at home. Ha ha, take that, teachers. But her daughter seems unsure if the term is appropriate since she was told not to use it at school. Even now, she goes to say it in a loving way. Uh, And she looks at her mother sideways as she's saying it, as if checking in with her to see if it's okay. (laughs) Hartwell says her daughter will not be going to school the rest of the year. Pentucket Workshop Preschool has not responded to a request for comment. Oh, she's taking her daughter out. I think that's a little extreme. I mean, you want to keep your daughter in school. Don't allow the school to, like, you know. Although, you know, you can always homeschool her. And that's probably, uh, in this day and age, a better idea anyways, because you can avoid school shootings. You can sort of allow your child to, you know, sort of, I don't know. I I think homeschooling is great for many, many reasons that I'm not going to get into in this particular podcast, but um, it's something that we should talk about. But I think it's great. Uh, And in this instance, here's another reason to sort of put it on your menu as a possibility because you have um, (laughs) teachers telling you you can't say best friend. What is wrong with saying best friend? What is wrong? It's not like anyone takes it seriously anyways. Shit, I mean... If you look at Instagram, it's every 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 female friend I have on Instagram takes photos with all the they're like they have a million BFFs. This is my BFF. And then the next picture is her with someone else. This is my BFF. Like no one takes this phrase seriously anymore, right? 
Everyone's a BFF. I love her. I love her. I love you. I love you. I mean, everyone's just throwing this word around like it doesn't mean anything. So, because it doesn't really mean anything anymore. And as far as, you know, making other kids feel excluded, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Okay. And by the way, what is wrong with making kids feel excluded in certain small subgroups? Okay. You don't have to, you can, you don't have to belong to every goddamn group. Okay. One of the most important skills you can learn when you're in school is it's called social skills okay and what should those social skills be well they should be skills that then you can use in the real world okay you should get prepared um, in school and from your early socialization from your from adults that are around you and your parents etc etc and those skills should be applicable to the real world well if you're if you're going to to completely remove uh, you know exclusion in small little groups of friends from the school experience, then you're ill-preparing this child for what actually happens in the real world. <laughs> so, and then and then we wonder why these kids are depressed and they need to be put on medication. They get out into the real world and it's, it's not like they said it would be. <laughs> That's right. You're not protecting that. I mean, you're, you were in a bubble. You were in a social bubble your entire life. In a world where you, you didn't even say Beth's you couldn't say best friend unless you called everybody your best friend. Well, in, in the actual real world, okay, you, you have little groups like that. You will find yourself little groups like that. And if you can't learn the skills to, uh, you know, sort of get yourself ingratiated with a small group, a subgroup like that, little cliques of friends, if you can't find your little way, everyone finds their way, you know, if you can't learn those skills, you're going to be fucked in the real world. That's just my opinion. But this is the thing, I think. And, uh, you know, oh, don't get me going. I probably said too much as it is. But I'm going to put this question out there to you guys. What do you guys think? Am I a maniac here? I mean, I don't have kids. So who am I to say how you raise your fucking kid? I mean, I don't have kids. But I got I got opinions still. I mean, they come from somewhere. You know, I'm not a total moron. I am s- somewhat of a moron. I'm probably like a part-time moron. But, you know, what do you think, though? Call into Weird AF News, guys. I w- Jonesy wants to hear from you. I want to hear what you think about removing this term best friend from school. How do you think we deal with this? And are they doing the right thing in this small town in Massachusetts? I can't believe it's Massachusetts. 